It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. It's a jam-packed edition of the Wired Pistons podcast. Welcome, everybody, on this Thursday. We're getting you ready for Pistons and Celtics on a Friday. We'll recap the week. We got a few guests and a few big announcements to make on this very podcast this week, so we thank you for listening as we are brought to you by Jeep. Matt Derry with you. Coming up in a little bit, Yahoo Sports NBA columnist Vincent Goodwill. Vinny G, formerly of the Detroit News, was back in town on Monday and unfortunately was in the house at Little Caesars Arena to witness the carnage that was the Wizards' victory over the Pistons Monday night. Not the best performance, certainly on the defensive end for Detroit. But Vinny Goodwill will talk about the state of the team, where they sit right now at 11-17, and 17, what he likes, what he doesn't like. We'll get into that with Vinny Goodwill coming up momentarily. Also, the Rocket Fiber Detroit Pistons studio is open for business down at the new practice facility in the new center area. It is fantastic. We're going to give you uh, the first ever interview that really took place inside the studio. We had a nice little round table the other day that we recorded, and we're going to play that for you coming up momentarily here on the Wired podcast as well as we bring in folks from the Pistons and Rocket Fiber to talk about why a rocket is with the Pistons and just an unbelievable venture that the two sides have put together. And trust me, folks, uh, uh, the studios are unbelievable down at the new facility. Players can walk right off the floor and, and do interviews right in these studios. A lot of local companies and businesses are going to get access to this. It's going to be something special. So we'll talk about that and play the, uh, the first ever uh, roundtable that we did from the studios coming up momentarily. Uh, here on the Wired Podcast. Some news of the day here before we hear from Vinny Goodwill. And I, I don't think there's any question about it. The Pistons have some good young pieces that are young and controllable looking ahead to the future. And one of those guys is Christian Wood. And last night in the team's loss to the Raptors, Christian Wood uh, you know, injured his knee, went down in a heap, and, and, and everybody got little oohs and ahs and scared like, oh, this could be a long-term injury. Well, it turns out that... Uh, Christian Wood went and saw a doctor today, got an MRI. We know this, at least for right now, Dwayne Casey says that Christian Wood is going to be out for Friday's game against the Celtics. But it appears, if anything, if anything else, that it is just more of a knee strain than anything else and not anything with, with the MCL or ACL, so that is good news. But if you've watched Pistons basketball this season, um, Christian Wood, the, the young big fella that they got uh, from the Pelicans, has really come on. He's played very well. Consistency is going to be an issue, but he's very, very young, very, very raw, and and a guy that I think, along with Bruce Brown, are a couple of diamonds in the rough that Ed Stefanski has found that I think could be a part of this future for a while. So at least good news on that front that uh, that, that Christian Wood um, likely going to miss Friday's game. We'll miss Friday's game, but this is not a long-term injury, which is something certainly that the team uh, is definitely was definitely last night worried about, but maybe a sigh of relief as the Pistons finally get some good news on the injury front. We, we've talked about it before. Andre Drummond had the eye problem in Mexico City. Blake Griffin's been fighting that that howling knee all season. Reggie Jackson's been out for most of the year, so uh, it's been a mash unit at times for this Pistons team. All right, our guest today on Wired, the Pistons podcast, our old buddy Vincent Goodwill, now with Yahoo Sports, who was uh, recently in town at the Pistons game on Monday night. And does a fantastic job for that website. Gives us a couple minutes here on Wired. What's going on, Vinny? Hey, Dees. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, what are your impressions of what you're seeing from the Pistons right now? Certainly a, a little bit of a struggle, especially with the injuries. And 
Andre Drummond not being healthy. Blake Griffin certainly isn't healthy right now. What's, what's your impressions? As I think a lot of people are scratching their heads as, as to where this thing's going to go. Yeah, count me among one of those people. These uh, you look at the roster, you look at uh, the potential for coaching. You're saying if this team can get healthy, you know, even you know from the standpoint of Reggie Jackson, we don't know exactly where he's, you know, where his progression is with his injury. You look at the roster, you're saying, hey, if this roster can get itself together, then you're talking about something. But the problem is when you have. Blake Griffin, who's had injury problems throughout his career. Same thing with Derrick Rose, same thing with Reggie Jackson. You kind of have to account for those things when you put this roster together. So I don't know if we'll ever have the fantasy of seeing this roster together. And I feel like they've done a good enough job as far as trying to mitigate some of those holes. They just haven't played well enough with the pieces they've had together to be able to take advantage of this early schedule so far. Uh, you mentioned Derrick Rose, and I know you were in Chicago with him for a little bit. Uh, the, the the transformation of his game over the last pretty much year and a half, but but the love that he's been shown from Detroit, how, how impressive has he been this year? He's been really, really impressive. Because I would say last year in Minnesota did wonders for him. Uh, not just being able to play there amidst the early season drama that they had uh, before they traded Jimmy Butler, but just him being able to play and show the league that he could play in this game. Because you remember when he won MVP in 2011, as long of a time ago as that was, I mean, as short of a time ago as it was, it's a much different league. And a player like him, he really wasn't a great shooter, right? And he was able to get to the basket a little bit easier and every and depends so much on his athleticism. Now the game is different. Now the athleticism, the blinding athleticism isn't there anymore. But he's almost better fit now for this game, he's just as he's quicker, and he's sort of getting his legs underneath him. You know, when he has these games where he gets to the basket really easy, and they can kick it out the shoes and the shoes are hitting basket, he looks like a perfect fit, you know, for this offense and for him. And he, he always jokes with me when I, we were in Chicago together. He said, "You know, I have family on the west side of Detroit. Trust me, you would imagine the love that I get in Detroit, and that would be like the closest thing to like a cocky, funny thing that Derrick Rose would say." And then he gets here. In the preseason, these he's getting like MVP chance. <laughs> yeah, no opening opening night. It was unbelievable. Yeah, so I, I'm not surprised that you know I talked to him the other day and he said, you know, this was the best move for me right now at this point in my career. I really I needed this. I needed to be here. And you put it like this: if you're putting together a six man list right now, he's high on that list, if not the top of the list. What do you think the the secret to the sauce has been for him? Um, certainly, like you said, there's going to be some load management nights for him, but it just seems like over this last year and a half, going back to when he dropped 50 for Minnesota, and now this season, he's a totally different player again. Well, I think A is the, you know, knowing your body. You know, when he was 21 and one MVP, you know, he was just this marvel. There's just this dynamic marvel and playing, you know, 36, 37 minutes a night and playing a hard 36, 37 minutes a night. Physical, you know, all the torque on his body, the changing of directions, those things take its toll on you, right? But now that you've gone through the injuries and you've been able to grow and mature a little bit and you're able to see the game from a different place, now you're at the point where, you know, mentally he's at probably a much higher point than he's ever been, where he can think the game as opposed to playing just off of instinct. So when you talk about taking care of your body, when you talk about the experience that you have, and probably to the point these appreciating where you are and not taking anything for granted, because when you're 19, 20, it's hard to figure out 
that there could be something on the back end of that. It's hard to imagine injuries. It's hard to imagine not being in the league, you know, when he was released by the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, a couple seasons seasons ago. So I think he's learned a lot in between then. He's taking better care of his body. And I think he's maximizing his opportunities. I mean, he looks fantastic right now. Vinny Goodwill with me from Yahoo Sports. I think the million-dollar question right now, Vin, is what this team does with Blake Griffin, at least this season. He's been the cornerstone now for the, for the last couple of years, and he was the franchise guy last year. He's just not healthy. What what should they do? Well, I think, and I think you have to almost rewind it a little bit. Last year took so much out of him. You know, from the standpoint of trying to get that team to the playoffs and the investment that he had in last year's team. You know, with the injuries and everything else, and he shouldn't have come back and played in the playoffs and everything else, but he wanted to be an example. He wanted to have an effect. And I think you're seeing, what you're seeing now is the bill on last year is coming due right now. So with him not being healthy, you can just look as far as like his rebounding numbers. You know, that that's legs. All of those things are legs, and you can see, you know, how it's adversely affected with the games that he's missed, the minutes that he's not playing, and everything else. I, I think you're starting, you're going to start to get more diminishing returns on the back end of that contract, and you have to decide: is he a better fit for another franchise going forward, and what we can get for him? Same kind of situation you have with Andre Drummond, except Andre is more playing the best basketball of his career. I think is a decision that every everybody has realized it's going to come. It's just a matter of are we going to kick this can down the road and see if we can rebound or do we face what we feel like is the reality and start making some moves. What do you think of some of the other pieces? Uh, obviously an improvement from Luke Kennard uh, last year on the on his deal, uh, Langston Galloway. But what, surrounding those other guys, uh, Drummond and Griffin with others, what, 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 do you, what do you see from some of these other complimentary players? Well, I thought Luke Kennard had a much better start to his season. Um, and I wasn't sure that he had this type of production in him. You're talking about guys averaging 16 a game. Like, we knew he could shoot. You know, that was the number one reason that he was, that he was drafted and drafted you know, over Donovan Mitchell was that, you know, he could shoot and he filled a specific need at that moment. It just hadn't clicked yet. And now you're starting to see a little bit more by way of ball skills, by way of being able to create off the dribble, by being able to hit the pass that's not obviously there. Like, I think he's going to be whenever, if you have to make a decision to rebuild and everything else, he's going to be a guy that they're going to say, okay, let's see how far he can go as an individual. You know, and I'm obviously enamored with Christian Wood as well. I know he got uh, dinged up a little bit, but when you're talking about a guy who's still got so much more room to grow, you know, and to learn, no fans want to play 30 minutes every night and everything (laughs) else, but... You, you know, but you, understand, but you understand that these things sort of happen in, in leaps and bounds. And, you know, he's so athletic and he's got to still learn some of the nuances of the game and everything else. And I think they're doing a really good job of sort of bringing him along. And you, you brought up Langston Galloway, like just, you know, him finding, you know, his way now. Like, okay, he's not a point guard. He's a six foot one shooting guard that's going to hit those you know that's going to hit those corner threes it's going to be you know the second pass away what you're talking about are very valuable pieces if your main pieces were healthy and 100 percent there and everything else you'd have a really really good team usually it was the other way around usually it was the corresponding pieces that weren't 
necessarily right, the right fit health-wise or whatever. And the main pieces were the main pieces. This time, it's kind of flipped where, you know, Drummond is playing well, but Blake Griffin is coming off of that injury. There is no Reggie Jackson, and you're playing Derrick Rose probably a few more minutes than you want to play. So it's almost like you can see the vision. It's just a matter of things being able to come together uh, the way that you envisioned it from a health standpoint. We, we've talked for over eight minutes, and we haven't really talked about defense. And I know you were in the building on Monday night. Uh, you know, you, you give up a 130-burger to the, to the Wizards at home. Not not acceptable. No, well, here, and here's the thing, and, and, I, and I talked to Dwayne a little bit about this, and I talked to other coaches and other players about this, particularly older players and coaches who've been around. These it's so hard to get players to see that they're not playing well if they're scoring 30 points in a quarter. You know, if you're scoring, if you're scoring and they're scoring on you and they're just going back and forth, it's hard to get you to say, we're not playing well because we gave up 40. Well, wait, coach, we're scoring 30. I'm getting my number. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard It's hard for you to say that you're not playing well because you're at least scoring. And then you, you look up and a five-point game becomes a 12-point game. And then on the other half of that, the impact of the three-point shot will always give a team hope that they can get back into a game even if they're not playing well. So a 12-point lead doesn't feel as insurmountable as it did at the start of the decade where shooting was scarce and you were having, you know, 90 to 85 slugfests, uh, you know, between teams that weren't necessarily so good. Now you're getting up 120 points every night. If a guy's in a box score and he says, hey, I scored 20, no matter what he gave up, he's going to think that he played well that particular evening because that's how we are used to judging guys. So it's almost like you got to change the mindset within the middle of a game, within the middle of a season to let guys know, hey, we just gave up 130 points. We did not play well without looking at the box score and saying, hey, I scored 25. I think I did all right. And I think you're right about that. I also think when I look at the roster and how it's kind of put together right now, other than Bruce Brown, just guys getting out on shooters and having that athletic ability to kind of run out and contest is not somewhere that the Pistons are strong right now. No. I mean, when you look at you don't have physical defenders. Uh, you you look at a guy like Tony Snell. He's you know he a he can hit a shot and he's long. When you talk about being guarded by him, he's not going to impose any fear. You know you know not that it's like a path of no resistance, but there's some there's some guys that you can body up a little bit, right? There's some guys that you can you know from a team standpoint. All right, I'm going to get past I'm going to get past my defender break this defense down, and, and within one and a half passes, we're going to get an open shot. You know what I'm saying? Langston Galloway, a six-foot-one shooting guard, which means he's guarding a guy who's probably 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. But you have to have special circumstances to be able to play small to maximize the shooting that you have on the floor. There, There isn't the athleticism on the perimeter or just the dogs on the perimeter that, that are going to take a whole lot of pride in stopping you from getting yours. It's just the strength of guys on the roster that, hey, we're just shooters, you know, and you have to maximize, you know, what you have outside of Blake and Andre. And you're not going to have a bunch of bruisers out there, but also on the other end of it, you got to have guys who are willing to take some pride in their defense. Final thing for Vincent Goodwill, uh, 28 games in and, and sitting at 11-17, and 17, but I think the good news is there's a lot of basketball left, and like you said, getting healthy, of course this team can make the playoffs, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's always like it always it has to start now, right? That's the, the urgency of the moment. Um, when you look at their point differential, 
you know, when you look at some of the, the close losses that they've had, I mean, you've lost to the Charlotte Hornets a couple of times. You've lost to the Chicago Bulls a couple of times. And I think the Pistons are better teams than those teams. And so you almost have to wonder, you're going to have to start making up some wins on the back end against the Philadelphias, against uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the Miami He's the better team. You're going to have to play your best against those teams to make up ground. But it's not an impossible thing, you know, at this point, if you're going to continue down this course. It just has to start almost immediately. Vinny, great catching up with you as always, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo Sports joining me here on Wired the Pistons podcast. We thank him for joining us. As always, every guest we have on here is brought to you also by Jeep. All right, earlier this week, I had an opportunity to go down to the new Pistons practice facility and performance center in the new center area in in downtown, and the place is absolutely fantastic. Well, they decided, they didn't decide, they did open a brand new Rocket Fiber Detroit Pistons broadcast studio on Tuesday. We had a chance to christen it with this very roundtable. Take a listen. Hi, we welcome you back on the Wired Pistons podcast. First time from the Rocket Fiber Detroit Pistons studio. Very exciting here in New Center, the Pistons new practice facility. Matt Derry with you. A cavalcade of guests here this afternoon. Chris Pittenturf is the Pistons senior VP of IT and data and analytics. Our good buddy Diane Ferrante joins me, the VP of broadcasting for the Pistons, and Mark Hudson, co-founder and CEO of Rocket Fiber. Thanks, everybody, for being here. This is very exciting to be in the, uh, the, the, the first recording in the, in the new studio. Got to start with Diane. How did this all uh, come about? And, and I know this is a very exciting venture for the team. Yeah, it, it came about as a vision of Tom Gorris and, and Arne Tellum. And when they created the practice facility, they really wanted it to be a community asset. And part of that was creating this studio that would be open from the, from the road. So when you drive by the studios, you, you can look right in and you can look straight into the practice facility as well. So you can see from the road all the way through the court. And it's just to make everybody feel like they're a part of, of the action and, and a part of the activity. So I'm, I'm not so, so sure Dwayne Casey's going to like that. <laughs> will people be looking in to see what kind of plays they're practicing or what? Well, you know, we'll help him out when we need to. <laughs> Mark, uh, your company, Rocket Fiber, decided to uh, hop on board with the Pistons. Uh, why? Well, it really started with a conversation uh, with Arn almost two years ago. Uh, we ran into Arn up in a Mackinac Policy Conference, and Arn started telling us about the, the new practice facility, new headquarters uh, that was still in the planning stages at that point and uh, really just built a relationship that, uh, you know, for us, the Pistons were just a totally different uh, partner uh, than we're used to dealing with. And I, I say that in the, the highest of uh, compliment, or the, the most complimentary way I can uh, put out there. And that's because the Detroit Pistons didn't say, hey, come spend some money with us. We'll throw some ads up in the arena. They said, let's build a partnership, a multi-year partnership where we can combine our strengths, Rocket Fiber, you being Detroit's faster, friendlier internet, and we, the Detroit Pistons, with all of the amazing partnership opportunities that we bring to the table, from brand exposure to all the creative things like the media studio that we're sitting in here, uh, right here today. Um, and so, really, it was kind of love at first sight. And we, we went to, uh, you know, really a, a blank canvas, a drawing board, and said, what are all the things that we can do together? And this media studio, again, is just one of the many examples of the ways that we were able to team up. Chris Pittenturf, of course, mentioned before, senior VP of IT and data and analytics, the, the internet. You know this from, from so many years going even back to the palace. Fans want to be connected. They want to be online. What, what's the synergy with Rocket Fiber, and how important is it for, for, for the fan experience as well? Yeah, so it's a multi-use building, right? So like you said, 
team will be here, the business operations is here, and we'll have people coming in and out of the restaurants and, the, and, and roaming around our, our spaces. And so having a, a network that can support multi-use and do it in a robust way was important. Um, but I, I just want to highlight a little bit of what Mark said, right? Like the, the, the key for this relationship really was that, that partnership, right? And, and, the, and, you know, a lot of people can put a network in, right? And so that's obviously important. You've got to check all the boxes from a technology standpoint. But what was so important and what differentiated Rocket Fiber from, from others really was that uh, innovative nature of, of the, the, the company itself and the, and, the, and the individuals there and the partnership that we can form and the things that we can do. You know, from a, you're looking at right, this, this, this wonderful studio as one of them, but there's many things that we'll be able to do with a partner like Rocket Fiber that maybe we would have been constrained with other folks. Mark, can you be specific on, on what maybe differentiates Rocket Fiber from, from other companies? And again, like we talked about with Chris, I mean, everybody just wants to be connected at all times. Yeah, so let's start with the fact that we're new. Uh, we're not supporting legacy infrastructure. Rocket Fiber is about a five-year-old company, uh, part of the Quicken Loans uh, Rock Ventures family of companies. And our mission was to build a next-generation digital infrastructure here in Detroit. So all of our fiber is brand new, all of our electronics, the entire network, was architected from the ground up with the latest and greatest technology uh, that, that you can bring to bear. And so from that respect, when we met Chris and his team, and the, the mission was to build the most advanced uh, practice facility in the NBA, uh, we were really kindred spirits from day one in that regard. So uh, it was a lot of fun working on the project, taking you know what we do every day for so many clients here in Detroit, partnering with the Pistons, being part of this homecoming, uh, which we're really excited uh, to be a part of. Um, and combining our unique talents to do something really special from a technology perspective in this facility. That's awesome. Diane, so who, who can use this studio? And I know you have a lot of different uh, uses for it as we debut it today. Well, certainly it'll be, you know, first and foremost for our, our players. It's, it's conveniently lo located right off of the practice court. You can almost hear the basketballs right now. I don't know if the mics are picking it up, but <laughs> we can certainly hear the basketballs going as they're practicing out there right now. So for everything that we see with the team, and we have a really, really robust digital plan um, that we push out all the time. But then when you think about all of the activity that is going on in the, um, in the gym, when the basketball players aren't there, when the, when the team is away, um, you know, if, if there's a high school team that's coming in to play a game here, now they're, they're able to cover that and feed that back to their school. And, and everybody's able to watch. So it really does open the building up to the world because anything that happens in the building now, we can shoot it here. And we can shoot things that happen outside of the building. That's the beauty of the way that this, this studio is, is built, is that it can act as a remote facility. We have beautiful facilities here that, that we can shoot. So really, you know, we look at it as, as a community asset. We look at it as an opportunity to educate as well. You know, we were talking earlier about having classes come in from CCS and, and having students come in and kind of learn about sports broadcasting or learn about broadcasting, like you and I did, and, and, and share that. So I think the, the opportunities are endless, and I think you're going to see this place evolve, and, and the programs that we set up, you're going to see them evolve as well. So That's awesome. All right, Diane, thank you. Thanks to Diane Ferrante, Chris Pittenturf, and Mark Hudson, of course, uh, the two from the Pistons, and Mark, uh, great stuff from Rocket Fiber. We thank you for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us, First ever broadcast from the Detroit Pistons broadcast studios, the new studios brought to you by Rocket Fiber. A lot of fun to be down there on Tuesday and get that opportunity to talk to Chris, Diane, and certainly Mark Hudson. We thank the folks at Rocket Fiber for coming on board with the Pistons. All right, that'll do it for this latest edition of Wired, the Pistons podcast. My name is Matt Derry. Pistons and Celtics on Friday evening. Check that game out, of course, on Fox Sports Detroit 
and 97 won the ticket. Talk to you next week.